that tells me that there's a pretty clear demonic element to what's going on. Aliens, the overlap between them and the demonization that many people who have experiences, allegedly with aliens, have. Dr. Michael Heiser dropped some bombshells in a documentary he did a few years before he passed that I wanted to highlight specifically on this topic as it's becoming more and more polarizing with all the stuff that's coming out from the government. Let's jump right in. This is from the documentary on the Logos Bible channel, Aliens and Demons, Evidence of Unseen Realm. Now, we've talked about the unseen realm before, but listen to what he specifically says with regards to aliens and demonization. He's talking about MK Ultra. MK Ultra is something the government used for mind control. Okay, you've seen it in a bunch of different movies. But he says, I think it's evil, and he says there's a component to it that I think is demonization. So let's watch this. Plane abduction research or events. And I don't think that's a coincidence. So when I look at the subject, I think it's wicked. I think it's evil. I think people are deliberately abused in, in, in half a dozen different contexts. And this is the outcome. John Mack at Harvard, he compared it to shamanistic experiences. Mm. And we might even think of something like the Stockholm Syndrome. When you begin to identify with your captors and you feel special, you're chosen, even though this, this was awful, they did it for a good reason. And I'm now their messenger. And this is where you get messaging. Mm. So he's talking about the shaman. He's talking about all of these ideas where you're opening up yourself to other spirits, but the parallels, because because we know those are the spirits of demons, but the parallels of that to aliens, okay? You have a message now to give to humankind about the world's destiny, about what we need to do to evolve. I think it's deeply sinister. I think some of it could actually be overtly demonic. In other words, the mechanism that produces this set of memories can be different. I, I personally have a friend, two friends, who uh, focus on abduction research. They've documented over 100 cases where they will either lead someone to Christ or train a person to make it a spiritual confrontation when whatever is happening to them happens. Mm -hmm. And they have been delivered from repeated abduction experiences. In other words, they stop. The tie-in between aliens and deliverance? Dr. Michael Heiser is making a case that there is a correlation, if not a causation, with people who are experimenting, experiencing these other realms and them needing deliverance and to have demons cast out of them. If that's successful, to me, that, that says there's, an, there's some inherent spiritual element to this particular thing within this big umbrella world we call UFO stuff. But since it's inherently spiritual and it's evil and it's wicked, a lot of UFO researchers are the enemies of the whole subject. They think it's contrived or they think it's abusive. They don't think it has anything to do with aliens at all. I think ultimately, uh, if this is the content of the messaging, it's so directed, again, in anti-Christian or subversion of Christian mm -hmm. theology that it's very easy for me to think of it in terms of a deception uh, by, again, a, a superior intelligence, but not one that comes from another planet. We're talking about a sinister intelligence from the spiritual world, the kind of unseen realm that the Bible talks about. And we would use the word demons, demonic, for that sort of thing. It's actually much wider than that. Again, my specialty is the unseen realm, and that realm is a lot bigger than just angels and demons. But for the sake of talking about the messaging, it's really dark. It's no exaggeration to say that the messaging that people supposedly get from aliens is inherently anti-Christian. The messaging that people get from aliens is inherently anti-Christian. Meaning that the type of things that they're getting from people who are abducted 
is directly in contradiction what we know to be the truth of the Bible and the truth about who Jesus is. And what I mean by that is Jesus is nothing special. Mm -hmm. He's a human that we selected to communicate to other people. Wow. Or he's one of us. And it really doesn't do that to other religions. Interesting. And that might sound like a unsubstantiated claim, but I can say it because I have read the contactee literature. If you've ever seen the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind, one of the characters in that movie, the French ufologist, is modeled after someone real, Jacques Vallée, who's a very famous figure in UFO studies. Hmm. He's a computer science PhD. That was his real vocation. But Vallée, who is not a Christian, was one of the earliest people to say and to write for this audience that there is something spiritually sinister about this alien contact message. So it's not just me. There are non-believers, non-Christians who have noticed the same thing. Hmm. Wow, that's crazy. When when Christians are saying, hey, aliens are demons, that's not an unsubstantiated claim that is just in our, hey, we looked at the Nephilim and we looked at the stuff in the Old Testament and these half-human, half-demon people that walk on the earth. No, no, no. There's actually other people who've researched this that are pointing to that, and they're not even Christian, that these sorts of things are inherently sinister in terms of how they're engaging, and they don't seem to be as hostile towards other religions. There was actually a big conference in 1992 held at MIT, yes, that MIT, hmm. on alien abductions. And part of it was because there was a famous professor at Harvard, one of the, one of this, the psychology department, a psych, he was a psychiatrist himself, who was heavily into alien abduction research. His name was John Mack, he's no longer living. At that event, and it was held over a few days, there were a number of scholars who decided to tackle this subject. You can buy the papers, they were all published, and one of them was on what are the similarities between abduction narratives and satanic ritual abuse. Woo! Okay, this is where it gets spooky, guys. The parallels between abduction narratives and satanic rituals. That there is a real demonic force at play and it is connected to a lot of the stuff we see from satanism good topic for people that are unfamiliar with that term we are actually talking about uh, ritual activity worship uh, so to speak uh, in a luciferian context hmm. that involves sexual abuse and other kinds of abuse there are touch points between what people say that happened to them in these rituals or what the goal of an, an abduction experience was supposedly. There are lots of parallels. And we're not talking three or four. I've actually counted them. There are over 20. The metal tables, the types of wounds that people suffer. They're probed in all sorts of you know, awful places. Messaging about, we're doing this so that you can birth you know, a, a hybrid child. Ugh. Now, the kinds of things you would hear in a satanic ritual abuse situation or any sort of deliberate trauma episode that sort of linked itself to Lucifer or Satan would be, for instance, with children, where children are uh, being sexually abused and the perpetrator might pass themselves off, even in costume, as Jesus. For this is a sickness! Oh, that's, that's awful. That's awful that this sort of stuff is happening, which in terms of essay. Instance. And so the whole notion is to get the child convinced that God hates them or that Lucifer is the real God and Jesus mm. is their enemy. Uh, with adults, again, it, it, it takes on a different sort of flavor, although the messaging can be sort of the same. Uh, it can be a little more sophisticated. Uh, for instance, messaging that would be consistent with you're special, you're chosen. Mm. 
But there's sometimes this spin put on it that even though this is suffering, uh, it's the shamanistic sort of approach that this event will help tune you in more to the realities of the spiritual world. And that will prep you to take a message that people need to hear. Darkness. Ugh, this is disgusting. Now, in terms of alien abduction narrative, this is very common. You'll often have uh, women, for instance, who are convinced that they are carrying, as a result of their abduction experience, a child that is essentially a hybrid that might either be termed the Antichrist or there will be things or ways it's talked about that sort of re would remind a Christian of how the Antichrist is described or sort of beast imagery uh, from the book of Revelation, that sort of thing. But it's cast in a positive spin. In other words, this child is sort of a divine you know, human interface or hybrid that is going to be here not to do bad things, but to help humanity realize what it could become. You might wonder what connection this sort of thing has to satanic ritual abuse. Sometimes there is a connection, sometimes there's not. Again, people have these experiences and relate narratives, you know, memories, for different reasons. It's, it really, again, in my view, since I don't think that aliens are behind this at all, but I think most cases, the overwhelming number of cases, humans are behind these things. It just depends on what messaging people are given. Sort of. I would, I would, I would take it a step further. I would say humans under, <clears throat> in terms of he's talking about Satanism, humans under demonic influence are under these things, because I think it takes something demonic to essay a child in that way. I think it takes something demonic to want to do these rituals in that way. I think it takes something otherworldly because I think people are broken and people are flawed and there's mental health and all these different things. But there's also a threshold where people can completely come off and you take someone that's already broken because of sin and broken because of things that have happened to them and then a demonic force comes into that. <sighs> what thing do we want you to remember that you will slide that in as your experience which will hide and obscure and deny what really happened to you? But when the messaging is so dark and what's done to people or what people think was done to them is so sinister, and that has a very evil feel to it. I do leave the door open though to something that I would call direct demonization, uh, where people have an experience where there is some sort of spiritual event. That's, I mean, that's exactly what I just said, right? Direct demonization. People are under direct demon influence that's causing them to do these sorts of dark, dark things. Something done to them by a spiritual being, and then this is the way they process it, or the way they could process it. In, in, in my mind, the ones that stand out as sort of pretty well, probably, obviously, you know, getting into that territory, demonic in nature, are the ones that you that really sort of have a reaction to a person who is taught or remembers to sort of interject Jesus into the conversation. Uh, when you have something going on, and you invoke the name of Christ, yep. for instance or you, know, you, you know, speak to the perpetrator you know, in the name of Christ and demand that they stop or something like that. And again, there are hundreds of these sorts of cases where a victim does this deliberately, intentionally, and not only does the incident stop, but it never repeats. That tells me that there's a demonic element, a pretty clear demonic element to what's going on. There is power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. You can rebuke the enemy in the name of Jesus, right? And he's talking about people who are demonized that are attempting to violate other people and they're hearing the name of Jesus and it's, and it's causing them to stop. Abductions often run uh, in families, abduction experiences. Again, these what we're calling alien abduction experiences. They either run in families or they repeat with particular people, you know, quite frequently, it comes back. Okay, so we're gonna, we're gonna 
look at more of that clip. But I just I just want to speak to some of you guys. Those of you guys that have experienced this sort of trauma in your childhood like I did and have experienced these sorts of essay-type situations like I did, um, there is power in the name of Jesus, right? And, and, and sometimes the things that impacted us from decades ago can kind of rear their head, and we don't really know where the, how, to, how to navigate those conversations. And oftentimes, it's literally just calling out in the, the name of Jesus, whether that's a bad dream, whether that's a weird thought, whether that's uh, someone trying to violate you. There's power in the name of Jesus. So do not be afraid to call on the name of Jesus when you are tempted, when you are challenged, when you are are having what some may may or may not be a demonic dream. Do not be afraid to rebuke that in the name of Jesus. And and this isn't me saying this to you. This is Dr. Michael Heiser, who's way smarter than me, saying that when you look at the people who are having these encounters or you look at the people who have been uh, uh, abused and essayed in this regard and they call on the name of Jesus and they use the name of Jesus to rebuke what is happening, that something happens. Something happens. And so I think that's extremely powerful, and I think we don't consider that enough and we don't talk about that enough. So amazing job by Dr. Michael Azar. We're going to look more of that from that documentary. We see, according to the Bible, that prayer is extremely important in terms of us being transformed from the inside out when we get aligned with God's will. For the Christians watching this channel, I want you guys to implement these spiritual disciplines in your day-to-day life. And the only way I've been able to do this consistently is through writing down my prayers in a prayer journal that does a few things. One, it allows me to reflect and come to God humbly and ask Him to move on my behalf. And two, it allows me to document my prayers, which ultimately helped me remember the very things that I was praying for and see the hand of God tangibly in my life when He answers them. So I would urge you, consider writing down your prayers. It could be in a blank notebook. It could even be on your phone. Or you could check out the one I personally designed and used for my own quiet time and spiritual discipline that I think will be a huge blessing. It's the exact structure and system that I've used for years to pray and be more consistent in my spiritual disciplines. You can pick yours up today by clicking the link in the pinned comment below. All right, I'll see you over there. Peace.